Praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, go please to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to read two portions of scripture tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 13 and 14. And then we're going to read out of chapter 20, verse 1 through 4. Or through 3, that should, I should say. Deuteronomy 32, verse 13. Through 14. Deuteronomio capítulo 32, verso 13 al 14. Y luego vamos a ir a Deuteronomio capítulo 20. I want to kind of leap forward a little bit onto a series that the Lord is giving us for the coming month. And that is uh, what I want to introduce to you tonight and speak for a few minutes on the fact that you have been anointed for war. And the series, I believe the Lord wants us to study for the next few weeks, beginning next Sunday, is called Made for the Taste of Grapes. And we read about that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 13. It says, He made him ride on the high places of the earth, and he ate of the produce of the field, and he made him suck honey from the rock, and oil from the flinty rock, curds of cows, and milk of the flock, with fat, with the fat of lambs and rams, and the breed of Bashan and the goats, and the finest of the wheat, and the blood of the grapes was in his mouth. And then Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 1, when you go out to battle against your enemies, and see horses and chariots, and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is with you. When you are approaching the battle, the priest shall come near and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, and to save you. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray tonight as we come to your word that you would bring life to our life from your word. And I ask tonight that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. We ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening. Puede tomar su lugar. Deuteronomy chapter 32, in, in fact, the book of Deuteronomy is a, a great book out of the Old Testament. The word Deuteronomy means second law. La palabra de Deuteronomio representa la segunda ley. And basically, it refers to the fact that when Moses was given the law of God, he was given it at Mount Sinai, and that law was given to the nation of Israel that had come out of Egypt as slaves. But then they were in Egypt, they were in wilderness for 40 years, and during that period of time, the entire generation that had been unbelieving died in the wilderness, and God raised up a new generation, a faith generation, which would be the Joshua generation. And so Moses now had to give them the law because they had not been recipients of the law prior since they had been younger and perhaps unable to receive it. And so now the book of Deuteronomy is a second stating of the law. And the book itself is five sermons preached by Moses. 
as, as he is preparing to leave the nation of Israel and uh, allow them to be uh, transferred into the leadership of Joshua and ultimately into the promised land. And so he preaches to them a great many things concerning the land and the places that they are going to go. And he gives them an account of the blessing of God that would be upon them. And in this portion of scripture which we have read tonight out of 32, it says that it is the song of Moses. This was the song of Moses, a, a triumphant declaration of the things that God would do in the land of Israel and with the people of Israel. Vemos aquí en el Salmo 32 el, can, el canto de Moisés, que es un canto de los triunfos de Jehová sobre el pueblo de Israel. And he says to them, he says a few things in, these, in this text, which we don't have all the time to elaborate on, but he says to them, God has brought you out of the wilderness and out of Egypt on the wings of eagles. You have experienced the manifest power and glory of God. Dios le dice a Israel, ustedes han sido sacados de Egipto y del desierto mediante las uh, alas de el águila. Han sido maravillosamente rescatados de Dios. How many of you have ever experienced the powerful deliverance of God in unexpected ways in your life? You have been rescued like wings of an eagle. And then he said to them, he said, I will make you to eat of the good of the land. You will eat the best of the wheat and the best of the meat of the land. And then he said, and you will have the taste of grapes in your mouth. Les dijo a Israel, en la tierra comerán lo mejor de la tierra, lo mejor del trigo y lo mejor de las vacas y de los, de los uh, animales y también tendrán en su boca el sabor de la uva. I want you to imagine this for a moment because you and I live in in a very prosperous and blessed nation and we don't do without a whole lot of things. Usted y yo vivimos en un país bendecido. No tenemos que vivir sin querer o sin tener muchas cosas. If any of you want to taste grapes, you could probably go home tonight. There might be some grapes in your refrigerator. And if that's not the case, you just go to the grocery store and buy some grapes in the grocery store and you would have some grapes to taste. But the nation of Israel had not tasted the grapes of the, of the land of Canaan for 40 years. And before that, they had been in Egypt, so they had not tasted them for about 400 years. So 440 years, the nation of Israel has not tasted the good of the land. They have not tasted the things that belong to them by birthright given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now to them. And so I want to share with you for just a moment this, this fact that you and I are often like the nation of Israel, living without being able to taste the good of the land. But God says to you, I have made you to taste the grapes. I have made you to taste my goodness, to taste my grace, to taste my abundance. Somebody should say amen in the house of God. You see, if you get, if you get accustomed and you get comfortable with eating the, the manna and the, and the scarcity of Egypt, then you will be all right with that. But I don't know about you, I'm not satisfied with eating yesterday's bread. I want to eat the best and the best of God. Come on, somebody. I want to eat all that God has and receive all that God has for me. And so uh, the taste of grapes represents the goodness of God, the sweetness of God. 
It represents the, the fact that God gives us the best of himself. And as you read throughout the scriptures, you find in the first miracle of Jesus that he brought new wine, which was the best of the wine. How many of you remember reading that in the Gospel of John? And we find that Jesus brought to Israel and he brought to the Gentiles the best tasting of all the wine because the gospel is the best of all things. It is the greatest of all things, sweet to the taste. And then we find that in his final moments before the cross, he gave the church the new covenant with the taste of grape in their mouth. He said, this is the cup of a new covenant that I am making with you. No longer are you going to taste the bitter herbs of the law, but now you are going to taste the sweet joys of heaven because you will be part of a new covenant family, the family of God. Somebody should get excited about that this morning or this evening because God has good things in store for you. Tell your neighbor that God has good things in store for you. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? God has good things. Jesus said that, that he had come that we might have life and life more abundantly. And the apostle said, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. How many of you want to taste the grapes in your life? How many of you are tasting the grapes in your life? God is a good God. Now, in the 20th chapter, we find a particular taste that I want to talk about tonight. And that is the taste of victory. How many of you have ever tasted victory? I know all of us have tasted defeat. We've all tasted the dust of defeat when you fall on your face and you have to eat a little, a little dust and it isn't very pleasant. But how many of you have tasted the taste of victory? I mean that kind of victory that nobody can take from you. Nobody can steal from you. God wants his children to walk in victory and to have the taste of victory in their mouth. Así como Dios quiere que usted y yo tengamos el sabor de la uva, el sabor de la bendición en nuestra boca. Él quiere que tengamos el sabor de la victoria en nuestra vida. And so tonight... We read in the, in the 20th chapter of Deuteronomy a few things. And if you have your Bible there, keep it open to Deuteronomy 20. Because I want to talk about the fact that you have, been, you have been anointed for war. And that you have been anointed to taste victory in your life. The Bible says this in verse 1. When you go out to battle. Now here we have a very clear and distinct statement. God does not say if. You go out to battle. But he says, when you go out to battle, life is going to include some battles, and you might as well know it and get used to that fact. Dice la escritura, cuando salgas a la batalla. No dice si sales a la batalla, pero dice cuando salgas a la batalla. Eso implica que va a haber batallas en nuestra vida. There are going to be battles and struggles in your life. You are going to have a war against the world. 
that is around you. You're going to have to battle against the flesh that is within you. And you are going to have to battle against the devil that is against you. Usted va a tener que pelear con el mundo que está al su alrededor. Va a tener que pelear con la carne que está en su interior. Y va a tener que pelear contra el diablo que está en contra de su vida. But can I assure you of this? That in every battle, God has provided victory for those who will trust in him. Para todas las batallas, Dios ha provisto victoria para los que confían en él. How many of you tonight have the assurance that God is going to give you victory in your battle? Maybe right now you are in a fight, a fight for your life. Can I tell you that God said you would be there? And he charges you to be strong, to be courageous, to be valiant, to be, uh, to be difficult with the devil, to strive and to succeed because victory belongs to you as a child of God. He says when you are going to battle and you see, this is the problem we have when we go to battle, is that we often decide how the battle is going to turn out by what we see. Muchas veces decidimos cómo va a terminar la batalla conforme lo que vemos. He said, when you go to battle, you're going to see horses and chariots and you're going to see people more numerous than you. Dijo el Señor, cuando vayas a la batalla, vas a ver caballos, vas a ver carros de a caballo y vas a ver un, un ejército más numeroso que el tuyo. And how often we see the circumstances of life and what we see contradicts what God has told us. What we see challenges our faith. It challenges our confidence in God. A veces lo que vemos contradice lo que Dios dice. Y lo que vemos uh, viene con, con un desafío hacia nuestra fe. He said, you're going to see horses and chariots. The nation of Israel didn't have horses and chariots. They were walking all around the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't have implements of battle. But he was telling them, look, you're going to see enemies with weapons that you don't have. Don't worry about it. Don't panic. Don't be faint-hearted. Don't lose your courage. Le dice a Israel, vas a ver un enemigo que tiene armas que tú no tienes. Que tiene fuerza que tú no tienes. Pero no, te en, no entres al pánico. Que no te dé temor. Porque algo está contigo que es mayor que lo que está en contra de ti. Look, sometimes you might be against an enemy that has more money than you. You might be up against an enemy that has more strength than you. You might be up against an enemy that has more authority than you. But you don't have an enemy that has more strength or more authority than the God that you serve. And that God is a God who is with you in the midst of the battle. Say amen, somebody. This God says, I will be with you. Aquí está la promesa. El Señor dice, no entres al pánico, no te dé temor, porque yo... Estaré contigo. When I think about the enemies that we face, sometimes those enemies are financial, sometimes they're emotional, sometimes they are, uh, they are physical and, and disease, sometimes those enemies come out of nowhere. But God says to us, look at them and don't panic. Listen, sometimes when we see the enemy, we want to explain why he shouldn't attack us. Why he should leave us alone. Next time the enemy approaches you or comes to attack you, just say, 
God has got it. God is on my side. God is going to defend me because my God is able and my God has promised to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I could ask or even imagine. Now we see here that the Bible said that he told the nation of Israel, when you're about to go out to battle, the priest will come out before you. Dice el Señor, cuando vayas a la guerra, el sacerdote va a salir delante de ti. And I want you to understand this, that before Israel went to battle, they had to consult the priest of God. Antes de salir a la batalla, tenían que ir con el sacerdote del Señor. Y este sacerdote era un sacerdote el cual los judíos llamaban el ungido para la guerra. The Jews called this particular priest, they called him the priest anointed for war. He was a priest that was sent out to battle with the people of Israel. Este era un sacerdote el cual salía a la guerra con el pueblo de Israel. I want to tell you that before you get into any struggle, you need to seek and you need to find the voice of God for your life. I shared with you this morning how important that was. The nation of Israel could not go to battle without the voice of God in their life. And that's why Christians get defeated on the battlefield because they go without listening for what God is saying. Or they hear him, but they don't obey. But listen, if you want to be guaranteed the taste of victory, you need to hear the voice of the, of the priest. You need to hear the voice of the one who has been anointed for victory. Who is this priest? He's not a Levite, but I tell you this morning, this evening, that this priest is the, is the Son of God. This priest is Jesus Christ, the high priest of your confession, the high priest of our faith. And he is the one that comes out to the battlefield to speak over your life and to tell you the victory belongs to you. The victory is yours because I have guaranteed it to you through the blood of the cross and through the power of my resurrection. This priest is one who brings the word of God. He brings a powerful message from God. What is his message? He comes near to the people. And the first thing the priest does is that he blesses the people. Listen, a blessing is a spoken declaration. It is a prophetic declaration over the people of God. And tonight I want to encourage you to, uh, to remember the blessing. Bless your children. Bless your husband and your wife. Bless the people around you because you have been anointed for battle. And every time your family members go out of the house, they're going into battle somewhere. They're going into a war zone and they need the blessing of God. That's why every time you leave the church, I pray the blessing over your life. I say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. What does that mean? It means that we are asking God to smile on us as we go. To say, to say, God, let your smile and your favor be upon us as we leave your house and as we go into the, into the place of battle. And then that expression that the Bible uses, it says, the Lord bless your going out and your coming in. That is a wartime expression. It meant may God bless you when you go out to battle and give you victory so that you can come back to battle. Listen, getting in a fight is no big deal. 
Walking away from the fight, that's a big deal. And God says, I'm not just going to send you into the fight, but you're going to go out and you're going to come in because my blessing is upon your life. Say amen, somebody. And the grace of God is going to go with you and bring victory into your life so that you are not left a carcass on the battlefield, but you walk back with victory and with triumph in your hand. This priest was to go before Israel, and these were his words. Hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before your enemy. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. What was he saying? He was saying, God is your weapon. God is your chariot. God is the strength of the horse. God is the sword in your hand. It is the Lord God who goes with you. Listen, church, the battle you're in right now, God is going with you into that battle. God is the strength of your soul when you are troubled and when you are um, uh, tempted to fear. He is the strength of your heart. He says God is the one who goes with you and he fights for you against your enemies. He fights to save you. These are the same words we read in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 14. When the nation of Israel came up against the Red Sea, Egypt and Pharaoh were behind them. The mountains were beside them, and the sea was before them. They were trapped. They were in a, in a dead end. They were at the end of the road. And God said to Israel, don't panic. Don't be afraid. I will fight for you. Can I tell you tonight, it doesn't matter if you're in a dead end tonight. If you look around and you say, I don't have a way out. God says, don't panic. Don't fear. Trust me. Hold on. I am going to fight for you. I will be your defense. I will be the army around you. I will be your advocate and your defender. I will be the one who stands with you when all else have run away. I will be the one who advocates your case and brings before the almighty God the, 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 the plea of the blood. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a God who knows how to fight your battles and knows how to win and who knows how to bring victory into your life. He says, I will fight for you. And so we see how God fought for Israel. He drowned the Pharaoh in the, in the army of Pharaoh in the Red Sea. And so he says to you and me tonight, I will fight for you. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30, the Lord says, your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22, he says, Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is the one who fights for you. Deuteronomy 11, verse 25, says, No man will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the dread of you and the fear of you on the land which, in, which your foot, in, in which your foot will step, and he will speak of you in terror. Listen, God is saying to you tonight, no one will be able to stand against you if I am fighting for you. If I am your defender and your, uh, and your protector, no one will be able to stand against you. You say, preacher, does that really mean no one? Yes, no one, not even sickness or death can stand against the believer. Not even the greatest of all sorrows can stand against those who have trusted in God. Now with all of this being said, the priest says to the nation of Israel, stand and believe God. Don't be afraid. 
God will fight for you and he will save you. He will deliver you. He'll bring you out of this trouble, out of this trial that you're in. But then verse 5 of that chapter, it says that an officer will come forward and the officer will begin to speak. And this is what the scripture says. God says the officer will say to the people. And there are four categories of people that we see here in this text that God speaks to. He says, first of all, speak to the one who has bought a new house. And literally what these four things are, before I get into that, these are four exemptions from battle. These are four ways that you can be exempt from going to battle. All right? So if you were looking for an exemption, here are four right here. All right? Now, I wouldn't be too quick to sign up for these exemptions, but just listen to what they are. He says to the first one, if you have just bought a, a, um, a, a house and you haven't moved in yet, you don't have to go to battle. You can go back home. So you can imagine this great array of people, this army of people standing by. And God uh, says to the priests, you go bless them and anoint them for battle. And then the officer comes forward to an anointed army. And he says to them, if you have a house that you haven't moved into yet, you can go home. Then the other group, he said, look, if you have planted a vineyard and you haven't eaten its fruit yet, you can go home too. And then he says to the other group, he says, if you have just gotten engaged to a woman and you haven't had your honeymoon yet, you can go home too. And then he says to the fourth group, he says, if you are afraid and don't want to go to battle, then you can go home too. Four exemptions God gave to the nation of Israel. He said, if you have a house, a vineyard, a woman, or are afraid, you can go home. Now here's the problem. If you go home, you won't taste victory. Say amen, somebody. You see, I think tonight some of you are looking for an exemption. El Señor le dio cuatro excepciones a Israel. Dijo, si usted tiene una casa que no ha entrado todavía, o plantó un viñar que no ha disfrutado el fruto, o tiene una mujer que se van a casar y todavía no han tenido la luna de miel, o si está atribulado o tiene miedo, puede irse a la casa. Esas son las cuatro excepciones. Pero mire, si usted se regresa a casa, no va a tener el sabor de la victoria. Do you want to taste victory? Now this is amazing to me for two reasons. First of all, it amazes me that God makes a way for people to say no to him. God wants a willing army. This is not a pressure point where God says, you're going to serve me or else. He says, if you don't want to serve me, go ahead. Go home. But you won't taste the grapes. You won't taste victory. Secondly, it amazes me that God just said in the previous verse, the army's bigger than you are, and yet he's willing to get rid of more people on our side. Because God says, I don't need a bigger army. I need a believing army. And he says, if you don't believe, go home. Because 
God is looking for a people who are willing. Psalm 110 verse 3, it says of the Messiah, your people will be a willing people. I wonder tonight, is there a willing people in the house of God? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, the Apostle Paul says to young Timothy the preacher, he says, suffer hardship like a good soldier because no soldier who is in active duty entangles himself with the affairs of everyday life. Listen, if you want to get involved and entangled with the daily cares of this world, you can't fight in the fight of faith because the fight of faith is a higher fight. The, high, the fight of faith requires you to go above the, the concerns of those things that would distract the believer from walking with God. Dice el salmista, Salmo 110, verso 3, que el pueblo del Mesías será un pueblo que es voluntario, un pueblo que quiere servir. Dice Pablo a Timoteo, que sea buen soldado, porque ningún soldado que milicia, milicia según los afanes de esta vida, sino que hace lo mejor para ser totalmente convencido o comprometido a la guerra en la cual él se encuentra. God will let you walk away from the battle if you want. God will let you stop. And that to me is the scariest thing. If you want to stop, God will let you stop. What do you mean, preacher? I mean this. If you say, Lord, I've grown enough. I've matured enough. God will say, all right, that's as far as you're going to go. How do you know that? Because the scripture says that the prophet called the king and he said, take these arrows, for these are the Lord's arrows of victory, and strike them against the ground. And the king struck the ground once, twice, three times, and then he stopped. And God told him uh, through the prophet, he said, if you had continued, you would have devastated the army of your enemy. But you stopped. So tonight, I challenge you, don't stop, don't quit, don't give up. God has put an anointing on you. It is an anointing for war. It is an anointing for battle. It is an anointing for victory. And if you will go and fight, you will taste the grapes and the good of the land and the blessing of God and the abundance of God. Because listen, if you have a house you haven't moved into yet, God says... If you'll go to the fight, I'll be sure that that house is still standing when you come back. And he says, if you have a vineyard that you haven't grown yet, you go to the fight. And I'll be sure that when you come back, there is fruit on that vine. And you will taste the good of the land. He says, and if you have a marriage, you go to that fight and fight for that marriage. Because I'm going to bless and honor that union before my presence. And he says to you, if you're afraid, go anyway. Tell your neighbor, if you're afraid, go anyway. Come on, somebody. Go anyway. It doesn't look right. It doesn't seem right. The circumstances are against me. Go anyway. God is on your side. God is fighting for you. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? Would you stand with me tonight? I want to, I want you to just lift your hands. And I want you to. Say this with me. Just say, Lord, I want to taste the grapes. I want to taste the taste of victory. 
Now that's your prayer. I want you to come into this altar tonight. And I want you to seek the voice of the priest. I want you to say, God, I've got to hear your voice for this coming week. For the second half of this year, I've got to hear your voice. I've got to know what you're telling me to do. What you want me to do. Don't let me make hapless decisions. Lord, I want to hear your blessing over my life. You have been anointed for victory. You have been anointed to conquer. No weapon. Listen now. Listen well. No weapon formed against you can prosper. This is the inheritance of the children of God. Come on, go boldly before God tonight. Go with confidence before God. Tell Him, Lord, I want to taste the good of the land. I want to taste the goodness of God. Challenge your enemy tonight. Challenge your enemy. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You have been anointed for victory. Not just anointed for battle, but you've been anointed for victory. God is fighting for you. God goes before you. God is opening doors. 